Welcome to the UCM. We're your tour guides, Zan Peters and Joe Semino. And we're going to be taking you through our humble little museum's collection. The exhibits may or may not be real, but the stories sure are. Enjoy your visit today at the Uncanny County Museum. come up to me on the street and ask me if i was a vampire what yeah he hopped off his skateboard and just looked at me and asked me if i was a vampire and i mean it was overcast out and i was dressed in a long black coat with a black hat and black boots yeah, maybe I did look like a vampire. Maybe. That's so... I kind of imagine them, like, coming up to you on their skateboard. They do, like, a kickflip right in front of you, and they're just like, hey, man, are you, like, a, are you like a vampire? Was it like that, or was it really serious? Like, I need you to tell me right now. Are you or are you not a vampire? And you have to follow the rules, as we've established in all vampire lore, that you have to tell me. Wait, is that is that is that vampire lore? I thought that was like, you know, you have to tell me if you're an undercover cop. <laughs> Like is that... it's like a narc. You have to. T- you have to legally. You have to. Which tell also me. isn't true. That defeats the entire purpose of being an undercover I police know. officer. <laughs> Amazing. I. I mean. I guess. I don't know. There's probably a rule about that somewhere, as we've talked about. There's. I'm so sure. Many I'm sure. Depending rules. on the lore, but right. clearly that was what I was communicating with my outfit and my right. Right. That day. Yeah. I mean, like I. I've recently started teaching, as you know, which has been kind mm-hmm. of crazy. Yes. So I am now I am now Professor Semino, which is bizarre. Mm-hmm. Professor um, Joe. Pro Joe. Pro- oh God, that's so good. I need to use that. I, I did tell my <laughs> students, I was like, you can call me Joe. It's fine. Like, or whatever. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Cause I was like, I being called professor is such an honor, but I, I hate asking people to do it because it feels weird. And also I feel weird about it. But like I know people will do it because they'll forget my name. <laughs> Right. I I had I had a professor in undergrad, um, Dr. Todd Larkin. Um, <laughs> That's a lot. You know, but we right. we call them Todd. Sure. Uh, but the thing the thing to understand about Todd was, you know, incredibly smart man, very formal looking, you know, sweater right. vest. He looks like the stereotypical art history professor. Love it. That's exactly what he was, you know, just sort of an awkward guy, hair parted down the middle, little glasses you know, um, right. very tall, uh, you know, if he was feeling really loose, you know, some days he'd kick off his loafers and oh, lecture man. in his socks. Oh God, um, that's cool. But, um, one time, uh, a student, uh, raised their hand and, uh, Todd didn't see them. And the student is like, doctor, doctor. <laughs> and Todd just so awkward and so bewildered turns around and is like, Mm, patient <laughs> oh my god that's such a good response that's perfect oh yeah no he was like he was really good it he was weirdly uh like he had incredible uh like reactions for someone who is so mm. awkward like my ex-girlfriend and i ran into him in the grocery store once right and we're like oh hi and he's like 
I eat too and walks away. That's amazing. That is like <laughs> top tier how to avoid students. One. Amazing. I, I have like the best part about this and also kind of the worst part is like not revealing my age to anybody and wanting to have this like mm-hmm. because like, you know, being a being a a teacher in a way is like a performance, at least the way I've been working it out in my head. So I'm like, all right, what can I, what can I prepare to wear for this class? So I look like an art teacher and I look older than I am, but I'm also still relevant and I'm not wearing like slacks and a like loose fitted shirt. Like I'm also me and put together. And like, I like choreographed my outfit for the first day, you know, walked in with the RM Williams, which was, a very big power move on a concrete floor because my heels click. Oh, and I'm yeah. Just like, no, people I, hear you coming in those boots. Yeah, man. It is. It is. I think those are like, ve- that is definitely my authority figure boots. Like, I felt very commanding because mm-hmm. I was standing, you know, giving my syllabus and it was weird being in that in that kind of position, but also mm-hmm, felt kind of mm-hmm. good. Um, and like, but, but my whole thing recently has been like choreographing outfits for my like, you know, because I teach like what twice a week mm-hmm. now, so it's like, how can I like keep within my color schemes that I've established without going too far into like suit territory? Because where I'm teaching, that's not really like that would be weird mm. in a sense. But I don't want to go too far laid back where then I blend in. And also, you know me, right. we, we both of us I, are sharp dressers and like to kind of go overkill mm-hmm. many times. So it's been a very interesting right. balance. Again, like so I, I I'm hoping that people think I'm like 28, 30. Mm-hmm. That'll be good. Mm. And I'm also wearing, you know, a mask. So then they don't really see my facial structure. So I'm like, OK, they probably think I'm like older. Well, you, you have an advantage uh, to teaching that I will never have, especially in an era where uh the bottom half of our face is covered. Mm. Uh, and that is, you have dark eyebrows. <laughs> that is a good point. I never thought of it that <laughs> and way. Pe- and, people, and people can see <laughs> they can see facial my... expressions. Well, g- funny enough, I was smiling under my mask at people um, mm-hmm. who were coming in. Like, hi, you know, what's, are you here for this class? Like, cool, all right. And I'm like, and I, and I kind of had a realization like out loud. And I was like, oh, you can't see my face. I just, I'm sorry. I just realized I'm making a bunch of facial gestures to greet you, and you just think I'm cold, like stone colding you. So mm-hmm. that's my bad. Right. You know, people laugh. You, you don't, you don't think you've been smiling with your eyes more? Like, um, I try. I really do try. Since, since, since wearing a mask, I mean, I, I feel like I've definitely had to get more into the squinty smile. You know? Yeah, I mean, I've been really leaning into my body language more and trying yeah. to like yeah. use my eyes as expression. I also wear glasses, so it kind of makes things a little complicated too. But right, right. you know, doing a lot of head nodding, a lot of like arm yeah, it's gestures, very, very, very C three PO. You know, you can't, you can't <laughs> uh, use your face to communicate, so you have to wave your arms around. Well, Zan, I'm just Italian. That's how it is. It's just part of the. <laughs> that's just part of speaking. Welcome, students. We will be talking about drawing today. Dude, I think everybody would have dropped immediately. Immediately. Would have been like, I can't, <laughs> would you I can't doing do like this. karate, karate Hello. hands while talking like a prissy robot? Or maybe they would have been into it. I don't know. People would have been like, what this guy's got? What is this guy doing? This is different. Uh-huh. You, They really say you have to break the ice, and that's the way to do it. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely... It's it's an wow. interesting position. Pro- Professor C, mm, you know, a lot of potential. I gotta, I I need to. My my plan is to start dropping evidence that I am in their age bracket and can like reference, you know, TikTok mm. videos and like you know recent shows that are coming out. And I will do it. I just have a strategy. for Yeah, it. yeah. 
Yeah, but you don't you don't need to be like um and uh, to be honest, I mostly know this through reputation. I do not have firsthand experience with this, but you don't need to go uh mega church youth pastor on them. I don't know? want to. I genuinely don't want to. You know what I like where they're like You know, you're like, you know, we're gonna talk about a guy today who was pretty <laughs> punk, pretty radical, uh, you know, had some pretty crazy ideas. Uh we're gonna be talking about um uh the painter johannes vermeer oh my god i would die i just oh, what's that he did a, he did a real whip right there <laughs> you know someone still does that and it's like dude it's been god. it's been like five years we can't keep you uh-huh, he did uh-huh. a water bottle flip are we still doing water bottle flips oh my god i would die i genuinely would die yeah no no youth pastor vibes that's the thing i want to avoid it's like I, I, I like this establishment of like, I am the teacher and you are the students and I can't tell you my uh-huh. thoughts on pedagogy yet because the school won't let me. But once you, once we get to know each other, then it's going to be different. Uh, right. Maybe yeah. or maybe not. Kind of like what we, we've mm-hmm. had experienced in Italy. I think yeah, it's a similar yeah. vibe to that. But in terms mm-hmm. of youth pastor, I mean, I feel like that's a well, good yeah, segue. It, it, unlike, unlike in Italy, we can't go out drinking wine with our professors. Yeah, night. that is not, that would be very <laughs> frowned upon here. That would probably not be a good look uh, for sure. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, I uh, I will never forget uh on our way to an art exhibit with our professor and on a dime she was like <laughs> yeah. oh they're they're closed or they're not open yet yeah we haven't we have just enough time for a spritz turns around and we walk into a bar immediately that you can't was do that in the united no, states no you cannot you you <laughs> physically cannot do that actually you would have to walk so far to find one mm-hmm. but yeah like... i mean at, at the risk of bringing us off topic even more there was an instance where we were at uh, I believe one of the master students that was above us was having their final show, and we were, uh, you know, having our, uh, you know, typical reception outside of the gallery area, and they're, you know, just serving a- as much as you can drink red wine in, oh uh, God, you know, yeah. plastic cups, and because it's a school with a lot of study abroad kids, you have, like... 19 and 20 year olds that are have never been allowed to drink in public before and i remember this one girl she heard somehow through all the noise that i was from florida (laughs) and uh just the and comes up to me starts talking and talking and talking and is so drunk just will not just just keeps going and going and going and is wearing this white coat she keeps gesturing with her arms and tossing wine everywhere. I'm dodging it, like tilt, oh God, tilting I... one side to the other to like make sure she doesn't like throw wine at me. She's spilling wine on her white jacket over and over again. And like and then suddenly me and someone else are like the only two people left and we're like, Alright, I guess we gotta walk you home now. Yeah, I... we're, we're 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 responsible for you. We do not want to be responsible for you. You you are a very good person for doing that, Zan. I have to say, I commend you. I remember that, and I think I went into my studio. <laughs> I left, and I feel like I left. <laughs> Why? I left them you, there. You, you didn't want to. You didn't want to be responsible for this child. <laughs> maybe i was in that <laughs> position i have had people look out for me though that the study of it's dangerous yeah. it is dangerous it when can you can be. drink it in can public be. it genuinely is especially it's... when she kept like looking like she was going to fall into the street on the walk home oh god i've been there that's not Ugh. thank god you helped yeah. them out by the way so like 
it's it was very good because if you weren't there easily that could not have happened and yeah it's it yeah. is it comes with consequences i'll say that in terms of the loose yeah yeah loose well you know lifestyle. just uh you know it's it's not easy being a uh chaperone yeah. vampire it is not it is not i mean mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting because we talked about that i mean i know we kind of have a bit off topic but this is going to be a bit more i think Mm-hmm. philosophically loose and such conversation wise in our tour today mm-hmm. but it's yeah. funny that we bring up youth pastors as well as yes. italy in the same conversation because i feel like it's mm-hmm. all going to be very relevant to what we're talking about absolutely yes um well that sort of brings us to the first thing that we have uh installed here today at the uncanny county museum uh, if we come up uh, we're going to see uh, a painting by mm. the renowned John McNaughton. Mm. Um, as you can see here, it is a painting of uh, the then president Barack Obama standing on a standing on the Constitution, mm-hmm. you know, looking away, you know, determined uh, while the uh, the presidents of the past look on, uh, you know, George Washington, p- particularly horrified. Well, <laughs> we, don't have, we don't have time to break down why that's probably accurate. Um, oh, Jesus. Yeah. yeah, what is up with these paintings, man? Why are we displaying these? Uh, well, today we are going to try to deconstruct what it is exactly about, for lack of a better word, let's just say conservative art. Mm-hmm. As to why it sucks most of the time, um, right? Yes, and there's a couple. Of, it, it's it's difficult to sometimes talk about this stuff without sounding like you are just, you know, giving a real pat on the back to the liberals of Hollywood for churning out quality content, right? Yeah, you know, and we just like be like, we did it, we solved, we solved racism and and homophobia and transphobia. You know, yep. we we did it um you oh know through our uh our w- whatever the latest uh marvel movie was um <laughs> but uh yeah there there is something to be said about the the noticeable drop in quality that comes out of a lot of conservative circles and it does not seem to be purely ideology based mm-hmm. like there seems to be a certain lacking of artistic integrity um you know like cuz i think we both you and i are both uh we we both have our problematic faves right yeah. um we we we've got artists that in retrospect have either done questionable things that seem contrary to their values, be they male artists that felt like, you know, they were, uh, you know, on top of the world and beyond reproach and ended up, you know, being shitty to people below them. Yeah. Um, or, uh, or artists that come from a period of time that do not reflect uh, our values. Right you know we uh you know we've uh we we can interrogate that um but what is it particularly about like uh, 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 let's let's give another example we'll get back sure. to the painting in, in a second but like 
you and I, it usually it usually uh, comes to our attention through like really bad, uh, let's say, Christian art. Oh God, yeah, contemporary Christian art. You know, whether it be um, Saving Christmas, uh, which uh, <laughs> what a classic. You, know, you can what a classic. You can go back through the UCM archives if you'd really like to. You know, have a trip down that. Um, <laughs> you know and and really see what uh um how we... i almost said i almost said uh james cameron <laughs> <laughs> yeah james cameron saving christmas a higher budget than kirk's um <laughs> but yes kirk cameron's yeah. um saving christmas like how did christian art go from being legitimately some of the 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 greatest art that was uh created in the in the ancient world yeah um you know like incredibly you know just visually inspired um unique uh you know not not to say that it's above uh like things that other people were making uh in different cultures but like we can just say there is some incredible art made in the name, uh, incredible art and architecture and literature made in the name of Christianity. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then when did that stop? When, when did, when did it go from that to mainstream Christian art being, um, you know, usually expectedly pretty terrible. I mean, one of the things about John McNaughton in particular, you know, aside from, you know, being outspokenly uh, conservative uh, uh, and uh, as an as an artist, which is, you know, typically unusual. We think of people that are in the art sphere of being at the very least somewhat centrist or left leaning because, you know, either you went to art school or you hang out with artsy people, you're hanging out with hippies and punks at some point. You have to study the history of art which typically includes oppressed people in it yeah so 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 why 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 does that not come up in uh their artwork now i mean do you do you have kind of a uh, have kind of a reaction of kind of a take I, for this yeah i actually kind of do i mean i have my own take and i've actually heard about this through um mm-hmm. somebody else that I've, I've met and interacted with through a residency and they were describing it like depending on even where you go to art school mm-hmm. it affects your perspective on things like i think we you know, having gone to school on the East Coast, well, no, you went to school in Montana, actually. So maybe you have some perspective <laughs> in that as well. But like, uh-huh. it, you know, I don't want to, I, I do genuinely think that the arts have a more of a left-leaning crowd um, because mm-hmm. of just what you're learning. Like, mm-hmm. you have to kind of be open-minded to even access a lot of this material. And if you aren't, mm-hmm. being, maybe if you're not being challenged or if you're not being questioned, because like a lot of, conservative and right-wing ideologies are really mm-hmm. based in believing things a hundred percent and you can't really deter that and if you do mm-hmm. you kind of fall out of favor with some of them and i mean that can be said the same in certain like left ideas too just not as many but mm-hmm. it is tends to be like especially in arts it, it has its own problems it has homophobia it has racism it has sexism mm-hmm. that's i don't want to say that like the liberal arts or arts in general is free of these things but mm-hmm. it tends to be a place to challenge different ideas and to be more accepting. yeah there, there's some there's some kind of forum for voicing uh a, a con a contrary opinion right that isn't that isn't just about um 
that's still acknowledging that what you're doing is worthwhile exactly yeah but like what this person was telling me was about how like or telling us we were talking about this as a group actually again this forum Mm -hmm. kind of situation where you can be open-minded about things just saying Mm -hmm. how people like there are painters that go to school and they look at like john mcnaughton and they look at these other conservative artists and look at that as like that is top tier fine art and I do think it depends on who you're learning from that is going to show you things. And it's like, mm-hmm. like I've met graphic designers in art school that were I, I've worked with them in my in my job that I had at school who were very mm-hmm. racist in, in work. And it was like I tried mm. to have a conversation one of like because I was like a boss, so it's like we cannot be talking about this. But also, <laughs> just like hey, um, what? And like trying to understand. And this was a few years ago too, but it was like bizarre to me because i'm like you're a designer like you are learning these things in art history and you're walking into class with a maga hat like what the fuck is wrong with you like why would you why would you even do that here like that doesn't make any sense to me i mean to do something like that especially in an in an arts environment you're doing that deliberately to provoke to provoke no it it was provoking yeah no it was absolutely attention seeking but it is this bizarre thing Mm -hmm. where you're like you how do you grow triggered liberal yeah it's ridiculous but like how do you grow as an artist as a designer as someone who has to whose job is to be creative and share information if all you're looking at is right-wing channels of design information and propaganda mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know what i mean like it's it's just odd like i i do think it's the, but it is it's growing you know mm-hmm. and i this was something actually that came up, and I I, I want to get your opinion on this as well to maybe kind of yeah. start stemming this conversation because it was something like in 2016 I was realizing was happening a lot when Trump became this universal symbol of bad mm-hmm. in the world, which yeah. arguably yes, but yeah. I may we had he, a lot he did, of he did seem like such a manifestation of everything. Well, like, yeah, you can't sure. you can't you can't wholly. Even though Trump is not the end all be all, because clearly, you know, there are still are issues we're working on. You yeah. Know, even if, you know, it uh, after he's uh, been removed from office, according to, you know, sane people. Right. Um, yeah, he did kind of he felt it was such a caricature that yeah. like it felt like every worse a man, a, a physical manifestation of every worse impulse that we have. And I feel like. Yeah, I'm saying that right now, and I feel like I'm definitely paraphrasing that from somebody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it, but it's it's true, absolutely, it, and it is. Mm-hmm. And one of the, but like we would be doing these a lot in illustration class, so a lot of people's illustrations, if they wanted to talk about like racism or homophobia or bad things happening or the state of the world yeah. and politics, what they would do is they would simplify it to like the toupee. Or they would simplify it to yeah. orange-faced baby man. And I was always like... Yeah. And, and, and I wasn't like to devalue that that feeling and that the truth mm-hmm. behind that and how much it's affected mm-hmm. the country and mm-hmm. the world. But one of my major critiques was always like, well, I don't know if it's good to have him as this stand-in symbol because it reinforces the idea that he is this important and that he is this thing. And, you know, kind of just like really dissecting like, well... Does it have yeah. to be Trump about what you're talking about? Could it be other symbols? Yeah. Could it be other things? And I, you know, this was a long, this was like right when he started. And now like you see him, the fact that mm-hmm. we we see him in like paintings with Jesus and like, you know, people yeah. praying to him and he's become a messianic figure is actually terrifying. And it's like- and baffling. Yeah, really. Honest, honestly, <laughs> yes. So it is- I don't it, know it, what, I don't know what he did that made him I don't so- know. 
great. <laughs> I'm yeah, I so this is something I'm actually very torn about if I can, you know, re- react to, uh-huh. to kind of that, you know, because I, I, I think I have also seen people in uh, many a class, an art class that, you know, if it's not, you know, it could it could be any sitting president, but, you know, very often it was Trump and it was Bush, you know, um, these uh the the overly representational or direct representation that right um those artists with very real uh feelings and concerns will sort of go for it doesn't necessarily inherently make good art exactly yeah directly represent things because honestly if we're going to talk critically about john mcnaughton's work that's what he does he is um like a lot of conservative artists i'm going to say they're anti-modernists right in the sense that they do not at all interrogate their own medium if you want to look at you know why what they would see as you know probably not uh great art you know basically abstract and conceptual artists of the the early 20th century um you know those are artists that uh are understanding and grappling with um a painting of a thing is not the thing it is a painting um mm. and, the, and the painting is an object uh separate unto its own and in its own experience and you know as representational art has entered back into the mainstream you know we it still has that uh in its in its conception when it's done well mm-hmm. you know every contemporary representational painter worth their salt um makes paintings uh even if they are figurative, even if they are photorealistic, if they are serious artists, there are always there's always some element of addressing that it is just a painting. You know that this is not meant right. to be this one to one representation of the world. And conservatives and freshmen and sophomore artists are making this mistake. And you can forgive undergraduates in a in a uh in a uh core class mm-hmm. um but you know there's lots of adult artists that are simply ignoring a whole period of art history and it seems like a right. little thing it seems like this is just mindless theory that doesn't um you know really matter and to some extent you know we we can only it's 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 hardly the worst thing going on in the world is people not interrogating <laughs> the painting as an object no it's the most important Zan. we really need to do that now <laughs> but you're right yeah it, it's yeah but but the the but the when you get down to it it is because they want to make that that one-to-one they want to try and say this is they're they're trying to imitate a way of painting that that doesn't exist, shouldn't exist, and can't exist in our contemporary world. Exactly. Yeah. It it, it is, but it's so it's so in line with that philosophy, though. Like, if we mm-hmm. really look at that objectively and see the trend of how these things go from memes to videos to like even just political comparisons, 
it, uh-huh. it really does come I think it does kind of come down to this idea of like if you're not it, it has to be direct there's no interrogation mm-hmm. there's no self-awareness it has to be this kind of us versus them and it has to be sort of mm-hmm. this like idealized take on art art is really well rendered and naturalistic paintings that have this right. hierarchy of message to them you know and that's <laughs> it's, it. uh, it's yeah it's it's like in 30 rock uh, uh jack donaghy uh is like yelling at uh liz lemon or something she's uh-huh. like she's she's making like this whole thing about like this endowment for the arts and it's like a new generation will ask what is art and jack donaghy alec baldwin's character yells we know what art is. It's paintings of horses. <laughs> it's like Tony Soprano. What? <laughs> oh my God. But it is like, there's a lot of people whose mindset that is. I have a lot of family members that think that's what I do. I just make paintings. Mm. I don't even paint, which is kind of funny, but like, you know, or, or paint seriously in my practice. Like, there yeah. is this loss sometimes of like what contemporary art is. And that's partially a societal issue because we don't really talk about it, especially in the American context. Yeah. I've found that you're not really taught it. Like it's not, yeah. it's a lot of the old masters into like the polar express illustrations. And that's about it. That's where art peaked in the U S for some people. <laughs> and for others, it's like, no, we're going to talk about really actually relevant and contemporary artists that are working like right now and all these things. And I, I think, yeah. Weirdly enough, it took going to grad school in Italy to understand that the U.S. does have a contemporary art scene that's not just, like, either people doing really weird performances that they're fine. It's yeah. just, like, it's kind of what I always think movies think art is. Or, like, you know, yeah. it's somebody making yarn art or making, like, a painting about whatever, and it's out of this, yeah. like, bizarre tradition. It's not... you know, Enough to judge because, them. I mean, but is this because we're not... Because arguably for the better part of the last century the art centers of the world you know have been new york and la um and now you know there are multiple centers right it's it's globalized at this point yeah anywhere yeah which which is you know there's 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 plenty of pros to that you know not having everything centered but you know a lot of the modern artists fled europe Mm -hmm. um and then settled in new york and new york was the center of the art world for a long time because all the artists were there so i mean i could see that as maybe a symptom of we did not grow up in those places um you know that can partially be it because clearly this stuff is happening and yeah we had to go to europe but you know i went to undergrad in montana um, right, right, you know, and not not to say that there's not good artists in Montana, but there's definitely a, a bit of a different uh, focus just because yeah. of geography and you know who your professors are. Well, like that's the same for me. Even going to undergrad in South Jersey, like there is a really mm-hmm. long-standing tradition of landscape and seascape painting. That's very that's actually really important right. on the coast. So of yeah. course that comes into play. Yeah. In my education, I didn't I didn't really study under that necessarily, and I got lucky that I had yeah. a lot of professors from like who who mm-hmm. were from like either the south or from the midwest and moved to new york and got exposure to stuff and then brought that back to yeah. us and like were introduced to contemporary artists mm-hmm. working in photo and film mostly but you know it yeah. was it, it is like like did i ever tell you i met dred scott no do you know who that is by the way i i know that name okay so do, i i this is it's 
this will be interesting to, is there a case study mm -hmm. here? So, cause like the, the university that I went to in South Jersey is like kind of in the middle of nowhere. Okay. Mm -hmm. so it's just like farms and just flat. And yeah. they had a gallery. We have, we have a gallery there that they had Dred Scott come in and do an exhibition mm -hmm. and, over the space. He was one of like the major, um, he he was involved, I think, more in like the I want to say like late seventies, eighties, with a lot of civil rights movements. He's he's actually mm -hmm. one of the people that I think he is the person that he burnt the American flag as a performance in front of I think the University of the Arts, like in Chicago, whichever really famous Chicago art school there is. It's that mm -hmm. one. Um, burned it at the steps and had this huge controversy around it. And that's mm -hmm. how we have now that you're allowed to like burn the American flag legally, something like that. Mm -hmm. He was like a mm -hmm. major civil rights figure and, and still is. Wow, yeah. um, and it yeah. was kind of crazy because I didn't know this until like I met him, yeah. but I have like a photo with him. He was a really nice guy. Because I asked that, because I was like the charismatic one of our yeah. friend group and they were like, we should take a photo. And I was like, all right, let's just go ask him. Yeah. I but, mean, we, we, got, uh, we got the voice of Patrick Starr to visit once. Hi there, my name is Colby White, and I'm one of the hosts from Force Football Facts, a podcast where my friend Zachary and I force our other friend Tyrell to give us insights into the game, even though he doesn't know anything about it. We use our humor to bring you weekly football news in a new way that takes fan opinions into account, while also helping new fans understand why we love this game so much. You can check us out on our website, forcefootballfacts.com, or wherever podcasts are available. Hope to see you soon. I mean, well, oh, I mean, yeah, there. That's that's a really incredible, uh, you know, thing to get exposed to. And I mean, Montana has like an interesting um, history that you know is somewhat removed in a lot of ways. But there's a lot of important kind of American side stories that have Montana connections and stuff, right? Um, but I mean, our, I believe both of the ceramics professors both went to Alfred. Oh wow! So, okay. um, John Gill actually schlepped all the way out there. You know, oh. gave us you know a demo, gave this whole artist talk that was cool. incredible. Um, and you know, it was great to get exposed to. But you know, the the focus out there is not necessarily um, you know, it's not like everyone's just painting, you <laughs> know, uh, Indians hunting bison. It's uh you know there there is like a lot of nuance and interesting stuff going on out there there's obviously the connection to american craft art and for and, sure uh, yeah um you know just just being out west there's right. also actually a surprising amount of printmakers and uh uh hmm. like a, a legacy of that it was not particularly uncommon for a lot of guys that you know farm kids that went to, into world war two came back and got printmaking degrees on the gi bill yeah so there is like this whole western and midwestern printmaking tradition uh stemming from a lot of those world war ii vets Interesting. you know and, and that and that continues to this day yeah but yeah you know you look at like absolutely you know beautiful and for their time contemporary contemporary uh concerns in you know beautiful like woodcuts of landscapes and pottery mm. like there is a like we're sort of saying a an interrogation of the medium yeah i i guess one thing that i'm curious about and uh -huh. i could go back and forth on is this goes back just to, to what you were saying a little bit earlier you uh -huh. know about 
Trump becoming this this galvanizing lightning rod that right um we could at least for four years ever he, he you could put his face on on any problem like because that's what it felt like you know it's every true, day yeah. you're waking up to news alerts about something stupid he's doing you know every single thing that seemed bad he would endorse yeah literally so this is something i've gone back and forth with because i totally agree with you that you know when it comes to representational art it's kind of almost too easy to just slap his face on it and say you're making um you know arts that's asking the hard questions because by and large uh (laughs) artists are artists are kind of past the point of uh you know trump bad you know there's 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 other things to investigate yeah yeah um but there is a thing that i have noticed um in 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 the past couple of years especially since you know trump's uh downfall and you know the 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 growing consensus that you know he might not actually run in 2024 right but that is this and that is the fact that there is no other symbol for him if you look at the Hmm. the the people that uh you know see themselves as these uh because they they see themselves as these warriors for truth (laughs) right um and you know whenever you they're mostly done for for comedy but when you see you know reporters and people go in to interview people at right-wing events you realize that there is a broad swath of different types of crazy that are present at a place like that yeah you know you have people who are you know maybe more in my you know someone like my dad's camp where it's like i don't want to get taxed i don't want to give my money to the government you know my dad does not sound like that at all my dad (laughs) sounds like me but you know know what i mean just like i don't want this this government taking my money right right there's that of course um but you know when you get to the rallies and stuff you get everything from the mexicans are stealing our jobs uh all the way to uh you know there is an underground or extraterrestrial cabal Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. pedophiles Mm -hmm. that is running the government um yeah that yeah it gets crazy yeah it it, you realize that a lot of those people are people that don't even necessarily agree with the aren't aren't really any you can't graft their thoughts onto main what was until recently mainstream republican uh values so right when you have all of this stuff that doesn't seem to fit anywhere but it all comes under the umbrella of it is there any other symbol besides trump because they have no other aesthetic i don't think they even fully understand what they look like they have no sense of their self-image all they have is a flag that literally has the word trump on it that is all there is it is a blue flag Mm. with his name there is no other uh symbol or symbolism and maybe that's um maybe that is our contemporary distrust of 
symbols that is, you know, I think pervasive uh, in all, uh, in, in kind of everyone across the political spectrum, because you do not want to be associated with a symbol that suddenly people decide is distasteful. So, you know, we right. resort to text a lot. Everybody likes a, uh, everybody's really into graphic t-shirts these days that state their <laughs> political beliefs, you know? Everybody's, like, decided suddenly that a good t-shirt is, uh, has the same, uh, philosophy behind it as a bumper sticker. I genuinely will never understand that, but yeah, <laughs> it is so... Even bumper stickers, to be fair, that are, like, yeah, very yeah, political. Because no, I'm like, do yeah, you want to get, like, that is a terrible idea, like, just in general, but it's besides the point yeah. it is i i think the fun ones i'll say this about bumper stickers the fun ones are the ones that are actually insane memes that make no sense yeah like where it's, yeah birds aren't real yeah and then there's like a picture of a forest on it or it's like chuck e cheese is the place to be and there's fire around <laughs> it or something like just actually absurd yes, information yes. like where, yeah yeah that's my, what uh, my, uh, my my other car is a unicorn yeah exactly like what but it's it is like the commercialization of political ideas mm. simplified down to words and symbols is scary and kind of dumb yeah. and kind of dumb like let's be honest yeah, it but, is but very it, but stupid it, but, it, but, but it's their it's their complete divorce from any kind of um from any kind of artistic aesthetic or expression that you know yeah. again not the biggest not their biggest issue by far um <laughs> right. but it is interesting because Again, the thing that people always threw at Trump, you know, which was was true to some extent, but I don't think people even fully uh, looked into it, was, you know, the label of a fascist. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, they're, you know, with, with fascists of the 30s and 40s, you know, they had artistic movements behind them. And yeah, yeah, you know, so I'm it's it's notable it's noteworthy that there are not a ton of mainstream artists that even if even if they themselves hold um either backward social beliefs or have um a a a right leaning political tendency a lot of mainstream artists know when to keep their mouth shut yeah, you know? yeah, exactly, and tend to just not be very open about no that. comment, you know. Yeah, exactly, because they'll get canceled on Twitter, which like fair. Yeah, 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 you know, and th and then you're like, you know, someone's like looking at you sideways because like, why are you listening to Cream? Don't you know Eric Clapton's canceled? And it's like, I'm sorry, I can't only have ethically sourced dad rock. <laughs> That's gonna be very hard. I'm gonna be honest with you, and that opens up a whole other conversation about this too um but before maybe jumping into that if we do i i kind of wanted to reference back to what you were saying about like even like yeah. with fascism having movements behind it because in in mm -hmm. you know when i was reading through artificial hells which i'm actually i have with me just to reference mm -hmm. some points here um 
you oh, know yeah. a lot do, of do you always care do you always carry that in your back pocket you just pull it is a big your... that's a big text zed i don't think i can pull, i i have it in my my side bag here because i knew we were talking about this today but it's part of the ucm reading list that i i want to organize a reading list um uh-huh, at some uh-huh. point that we can talk about with people so i guess we'll, this is we'll my way of UCM jumping in book club one day that'll be fun we should do that actually i have yeah. we can talk about i'll just talk about dune the whole time um no but <laughs> but like in artificial health because it's a book about, a, you know, it, it's talking about social practice and participatory art, and Claire Bishop is basically critiquing it as well as talking about its positives and negatives. But mm-hmm. she mentions really early on kind of where this all, a lot of this starts and stems from, and mm-hmm. it is the formations of yeah. fascist Italy, because with, you know, tying back to the mm. futurists and Marionetti, because... And also the Italians just, they know art. Well, okay, but here's the thing. So they do. I mean, yeah, honestly, they do because it's you. You, you know, you're even like contemporary Italian society and back way back when, like mm-hmm. when the tribes of the Italian, like or the tribes of Italy, as well as then even the Romans that are basically fallen apart and people are making their own subcultures. They're surrounded by art everywhere, so it has it mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. very much absorbed into the culture, like to the point that even yeah. some of my conservative Italian family members respect that I'm an artist and understand. It's not mm-hmm. like it's not the same vibe yeah. here. It's it's different, but then they are really obsessed with like you know fascist art, and it's a whole other conversation. But I'm kind of I guess I'm going to be tying that in. But it is like it's fascinating where it starts from because a lot of the movement comes from theater and performance and really, really aggressive performances that are done by the futurists and choreographed by Marionetti to pretty much just get everybody pissed off. And it works. It kind of reminds me of like what you see at Trump rallies where people start screaming and yelling and you get the machismo Mm -hmm. energy flowing and it creates anger. And with that, a movement. And I I, I wanted to read this passage um, that's in the book that she mentions. And I know it's, it's, Mm -hmm. it's paraphrased from another source, but basically it kind of goes like this. For Italy to learn to make up its mind with lightning speed, to hurl itself into battle, to sustain every undertaking and every possible calamity, books and reviews are unnecessary. The interest and concern only a minority are more or less tedious, obstructive, and relaxing. They cannot help chilling enthusiasm, aborting impulses, and poisoning with doubt of people at war. War, futurism intensified, obliges us to march and not to rot in libraries and reading rooms. This part's in capitalized, but I'm not going to scream it. Mm-hmm. Therefore, we think that the only way to inspire Italy with the warlike spirit today is through the theater. In fact, 90% <laughs> of Italians go to the theater, whereas only 10% read books and reviews. But what is needed is a futurist theater, completely opposed to the Paseus theater that drags its monotonous, depressing processions around the sleepy Italian stages. And so with these theaters mm. too, they gen- like the the to give you an example, the performers would bring like food and stuff and like throw it at crowd members and curse at them and yell at them and people would go back and they would throw the food back and curse at them and yell at them too and they would like <laughs> brawl in the street. I mean, this could be anywhere. Like somebody could just have like they would make a stage out of whatever they had and like just start fights and people loved it. They loved mm-hmm. it. And yeah. it's very integral to, and you see it in Italian society now. It's still there. There is this energy of like an interaction through a really masculine energy that's incredibly aggressive. And I think it's a desperate. Most- thankfully, they mostly channel it through soccer now. 
Thankfully, yeah. Or that one crazy Italian, like uh, Florentine tradition where they just beat each other up once a year, which is nuts. I'm glad they have that. It's I'm it's probably they useful. That. They got to get their energy out somehow. Um, and, but it's funny because yeah. like they all go get a beer afterwards, which I think is wild. Yeah, no, but I I think I think that is. Here's here's the thing: is a lot of the stuff um does play into real paranoias that people have, right? Um and if you are giving some voice and some outlet to um either the perceived unfairness that that people uh read into uh contemporary society uh or you know some fear of the future for their children um you can understand a little bit like why these people you know gravitate towards something that that seems so self-destructive and violent right um you know that's uh y- you know there's there, there there's uh I'm, I'm glad you brought up the futurists because it's <laughs> it's a particularly interesting yeah uh artistic movement uh, you know i they're really it's I, when I thought of the futurist when I first was introduced, I was introduced to the graphic design, and I was like, "Oh, this is kind of cool." And then you realize what it is, and you're like, "This is not cool anymore." Well, the, the futurist, because because like all of those guys, they started from you know, a lot of times they started in socialism. You know, they started yeah, like, obvious. You know, and then they sort of come up with their own twisted nationalistic uh, idea um, of it, uh, but. You know, like the Futurist Manifesto sounds pretty good until you get to the last paragraph where they say Italian men, specifically and only Italian men, you know, must conquer. Right. And then you're like, oh, Jesus Christ, hold up. Wait yeah, a minute. Yeah. Pause. But, but you can you can see how you could get talked into it. So I guess. Well, this, yeah. Um, so, OK. OK. So we have. We've established that there there is a an entire type of art that does not and it appeals to the to the right side of the right wing side of politics because of this but we have established there is a type of art that does not seem to be uh referential to uh a movement uh that you know interrogates itself you know that this seems to be art that you know wants to exist within that bubble but what about stuff that is that we otherwise perceive as mainstream right yeah you know like okay let's say the designs the futurists had which are you know genuinely appealing in some in in a in a certain sense yeah did influence uh you know artists that we have uh you know more respect for for sure like um the what what about stuff that is mainstream that conservatives do latch on to in retrospect like right okay you brought claire bishop i brought imdb uh so <laughs> okay i have this is from 2000 and th- this is from the national review uh 2008 they put up a list of the 50 best conservative movies oh god let's see how many i've seen number one is a bit of a curveball the lives of others okay which is kind of interesting, mm, interesting. but I guess I, I guess yeah, it means East Berlin bad, um, <laughs> yeah. you know. So okay, and number three is Metropolitan. There okay, but number two, Joe, right. 
there is absolutely no way you could guess what number two is um i don't from 2000 from 2008 uh you know what? Uh, okay, I will tell you the year that this movie came out. It is the and it, according to this list, number two conservative uh, movie. Uh, I will give you the year, and if you possibly guessed what it is, I will buy your family like an Uber Eats dinner. <sighs> okay, so what? It you... is from two thousand and four. Oh my fucking! I don't. Jesus Christ, dude! Uh that's not enough to go on. I don't know. I was um Okay, can I ask for what can we get a genre? Can I get a genre at least to work with? Um cuz we're going from war films to like a dog movie. That's a lot. <laughs> I'm going to say it's an action adventure movie. Oh my god, I don't know. Is it is it Angels in the Outfield? When did that come out? <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm taking a swing it is, here. It is good guess though. Um, okay. I'm sure that's on the list somewhere. Um it is the Incredibles. <laughs> no! Oh my god. Really? Why is that a conservative film? I mean, it's guess- not, but they okay, so listen to this review. This animated film skips pop culture references and gross jokes in favor of a story that celebrates marriage, courage, responsibility, and high achievement. Oh, a no. family of superheroes, Mr. Incredible, his wife, Elastigirl, and their children are living an anonymous life in the suburbs thanks to a society that doesn't appreciate their unique talents. Then it comes to need them. In one scene, son Dash, a super speedy runner, wants to try for track. Mom claims it wouldn't be fair. Dad says our powers make us special. Dash objects. Everyone is special. Mom murmurs to which Jack mutters, which means nobody is. Oh my God. There's so much here to talk about. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, so, wow. but, but okay. Like number four is Forrest Gump, which that makes sense. It's a, is a weird one. Cause it's, it, it's not one that we think of until we like really look yeah. into like what the story is. But again, you know, huge, huge movie with mass appeal yeah. with, you know, a lead actor who for the most part does not seem like a crazy right winger, but just, you know, happens to star in a lot of, uh, baby boomer nostalgia flicks but he's also like a QAnon like enemy like they hate him i'm pretty sure tom hanks is yeah, like that always one, brought that up every tough. now and i mean well, this, that's kind of weird list, this list was pre-QAnon okay so. that makes sense yeah 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 like number five is 300 six weirdly is groundhog day um <laughs> why june juno is number eight it's i guarantee you the only reason is because they showed high schoolers that film and we're like this is what happens and it's like okay i know you know what no because they say the movie was pro-life oh my god ghostbusters is number 10 which i can actually kind of get that makes sense yeah yeah ghostbusters is weirdly libertarian i think in retrospect number 11 (laughs) is fellowship of the ring that i don't understand because it's very like anti-war and like nationalism but whatever yeah yeah well, maybe not that brave heart you makes know sense. Eh. Uh, makes red sense. dawn's 15 how is that commander. how is that not higher red dawn yeah yeah why is that not that is, higher than that is a conservative wet dream the literally. chronicles of narnia what? number 17 okay so this brings okay. me to another thing right um okay so the closest 
and and I want and I want to kind of again go back to my initial question of why did Christian art start sucking? Um, the closest I have ever come to like like wanting to like understand and embrace uh like truly devout Christianity was reading the screw tape letters by c.s lewis Mm, um and you know not not that i think it's a book that like is going to convert you but it is a book that really dives into the idea of trying to uh you know even though it is a satire right but like and and it's a very like you know kind of cynical and uh in a lot of ways a very cynical book yeah Hmm. but it has a sense of doubt to it and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. ultimately you know you start to understand this ideology of love and forgiveness just for the sake of it uh that right. you know that there are all of these other frustrations in the world uh that are distracting you from you know loving one another and like yeah. That is a really, you know, for, for a movie that's, or sorry, for a book that's basically about, um, you know, uh, a couple of pen pal demons, you know, talking about how to corrupt a person, uh, you know, and hell is apparently a bureaucracy, uh, like, you can be like, okay, well, this is actually like a clever kind of somewhat yeah. subversive take on Christianity. Like, there are, you know, I think even uh like even bruce springsteen like explores his catholicism in an interesting way johnny cash explores um his christianity in an interesting way and not in a way that's necessarily uh this is bad and i was brainwashed it is you know this idea of i am i am born into this world and i have to work and i have to uh atone for what people before me did Mm, uh like you know those are those are heavy topics that leave you doubting and i just feel like you know mainstream uh conservative christian rock and country music has absolutely no room for doubt i think like you know a lot of fascist art it does not allow for an exterior perspective on anything because everything has to be insulated. Everything has to be just this, this feedback loop of, of, of self-perpetuating of, yeah. of, of, of making sure everyone within the group understands and re- reiterates to each other that there is no way, but our way. Well, yeah, I mean, it's the only way that it exists. It's it's literally the thing that propels it. Otherwise, yeah. it falls apart because if you leave room for doubt, then yeah. you question what you're being told. It's 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 like the major issue in conspiracy theories is that if you question where you get your source from, you kind of your whole theory falls apart. And it's the yeah. same thing with even just like the ideology spewed to people. And 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 I think that's the it, it's it's a shame too yeah. in a way because there is something to be said about christian and catholic you know beliefs to the core in a sense the actual faith the texts that surround it the histories around that not the war not Mm -hmm. violence but 
the uh-huh. actual message out of the Bible, the more because it's interesting because it is kind of this like you know communal anarcho like idea behind a lot of like what Jesus is preaching and such. It's it's actually kind of fascinating. And then you see mm-hmm. how it gets twisted and manipulated and used to fight wars and kill people. And it also gets completely retranslated and nobody questions the fact that they're reading it thousands of years later in English, um, which is a whole <laughs> other mess. Because that, that always blows my mind. People take the Bible really literally and I'm like, you do realize it's it's been translated like a million times and shaped and formed. I mean, monks quite literally would was, were already changing stories about pagans and Norse Vikings in the 1300s i'm sure it's gotten changed a million times more before that and after so but but it and and also i think we we tend to in just speaking in an american context for a minute mm-hmm. we do i think sometimes forget what faith the country's built on and is built into our mm-hmm. moral codes whether we like it or not mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and how much that's been not really taken as a do good onto others but in reality it's it's white supremacy and do good onto us to make more money to make more to have more power to make sure we're in control it's it's the mm-hmm. opposite of what faith is supposed to be um and i think that that's and, mm-hmm. and it's honest and it's it sucks too because there's so there are just like so many traumatic stories in pro and and just I, I really do yeah. feel for everybody who's had to go through any sort of religious trauma i feel you mm-hmm. i've been there it's not fun it's awful and and some i got out kind of light but i know that there's some really really heavy ones out there too that that have happened and it it sucks because you know you you i've been in situations where i have really interesting you know definitely conflicting but fascinating conversations about religion and faith and then Mm -hmm. you try either either someone then throws out a crazy like you know either borderline nazi ideology or very always always homophobic and you're like oh okay this Mm -hmm. just ended or you get (laughs) you know almost getting uh convinced to go to like youth group because Mm. like someone you're interested in talking to just happened to me like many times what's what's it's like called honey potting is it is that what it's called i think so yeah uh no flirty fishing flirty oh there it is yeah i mean that's happened to me in high school like i was debating it i had a friend you know who was into that and i was yeah, like yeah, okay yeah. maybe like oh go it sounds cool and mm-hmm. i'm like absolutely fucking not you went to catholic school wow. what are you doing you would, you would de- it, <laughs> i mean doing? if you had done it you would you would definitely go by joseph no never i'm sorry no, no i how can't do different it would, how different would our show be if we went by alexander and joseph we would probably be a conservative show i feel like at that <laughs> point right i you you, no, you, you i mean okay what about what if we were alexander and giuseppe mm, then it'd be more i think it'd be more that's interesting yeah i think that changes the vibe alejandro and jose e jose okay yeah see it changes everything changes based on the name uh sender I mean, and yosef sender oh that's cool yeah, I, I think that that makes us. I feel like we'd be talking about like we'd either be talking about what edibles to take or like how to like make an anarchist community. I think those if those was if that was the name, it would change the vibe. But like okay, like even with Joseph, like I, I just it's it's interesting like how that is my name. That is literally on my birth certificate, but I don't even sign like important documents with that because it's not my name, right? Like right, I, yeah. as I tell everybody, I'm not the carpenter father of Jesus. So I don't go by Joseph. Mm-hmm. I'm also not a preacher. If I was a preacher, I would definitely be named Joseph. I can tell you right now, but I have met people who that's mm-hmm. what they go by. And, and nine times out of 10, you they know what? are exactly I would, what I would that still like. see you as a preach, uh, you know, as, as Joe, like, you know, 
Preacher Joe. Like yeah. Preacher Joe. You're you're a Preacher Joe. Preacher you Joe. Know, it makes you're, it's you're casual. Really I'm an everyday man. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think that's a, that's kind of the thing I go for, honestly. But I just like my experiences yeah. with preachers has never been good. It's it's always like to oh, me. Really? Well, I I mean, I told you about the time that I was having a conversation in my you know Christian camp I used to go to, uh, because mm-hmm. over the summer and like the you know we had a youth preacher pastor kind of guy, real chill, you know, like went through the some Catholics stuff. Have those too. Huh? Well, see, no, this was a th- these guys are Protestants. Um, Wait, why were you there then? I don't know because my mom sent me there. <laughs> they didn't. Why did we? Why did we both weirdly end up at Protestant camps? I don't know why they accepted me to be honest, but yeah, it, it is well, like because I. I mean, it was arguably cooler. Like they were like more hip. You sang songs in church. It was chill, and I was too young to notice the difference. And I wasn't going to Catholic school anymore either. Mm-hmm. Um, but we would go over the summer so my parents could like work when they were starting up the business, and it was just easier. And my sister went to preschool yeah. there. But I remember, like, having, you know, we're, like, probably in, like, sixth, seventh grade, middle school. So you you, ha- you have an understanding of, like, mm-hmm. kind of what's going on. I was, ha- you know, yeah. we're having, I guess, our, basically, like, they had to, like, I guess, as their message, they have to have at least one or two Bible stories every day or whatever. And we were mm-hmm. talking about, like, Quite heaven it. and hell, such stuff. Mm-hmm. And I had a really good friend and a f- actually a few friends who were Jewish. And I mm-hmm. asked the guy who I'm talking with, the preacher, pastor, I don't remember what he was. And he looked like a granola mm. guy. Like, he was a granola REI dude. That was his vibe. Oh, and I was just yeah. like, oh, my God. But, you know, he was chill. He was down the earth. And then you ask him, well, okay, if only Christians go to heaven and my friends are Jewish, what happens to them? And that answer was not great. It was, you know, oh, well, uh, according to the rules, I guess. Um, Dope rules. Yeah, that's, they don't. And mm. I was like, okay, this is bullshit. Like, I, it was very clear, like, yeah, yeah this is not... That doesn't make any yeah. sense. That's con- that 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 literally is actually against what is being said here. It doesn't make any. It's it's like what? And I that's that would be my turning point. Of like, but but yeah, this, this, is this is the whole this is the whole thing and why um and why for all of its why for all of the faults of Catholicism um and you know even you know uh you know to some extent uh Orthodox Judaism. Uh, you know, for, for all of the faults of organized religion, everyone can agree on the tackiness of Protestants. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's ultimately that thing. It's that veneer of we're hip, we're cool, we understand the youths, yes. but we have these really backwards views that we're trying to sell you. Yeah. And like even even talking to my my girlfriend Allison about it, you know, her um the the priest at her parents' church, you know, asked if, you know, she would sing uh for them and you know, a, a Christmas song. Um and you know, she she actually, you know, has uh, you know, a really wonderful singing voice and uh, you know, knows like old-timey uh, you know, religious songs. Um, mm. and has like an experience has experience singing that. And I was like, I kind of teasingly, you know, said like, "Are oh, you gonna sing like, you know, like <laughs> I I named like some, uh, you know, just some some like mainstream uh Christian song or whatever." And she, and she just like, and and you have to understand, Allison is so like anti organized religion, <laughs> right? Um, but like she just immediately like suddenly something went off, and it's like, no, we don't sing pop songs like Protestants. <laughs> like gotcha you know? yeah and like 
you sort of like you know it's the oh god is an awesome <laughs> god right you know, all yeah. of that he lifts me up so i can climb you know yeah all of that stuff ultimately is so corny and awful but you know and it's you know for some people it really does come from a sincere place um but you have to ask yourself why anyone likes this and i think it comes back to it comes back around again to this idea of kind of being insulated like yeah i um i recently was shown some music i'll protect the names of the innocent but basically someone's cousin has a christian pop punk band and i listened to some of the music joe i believe i shared some of this with you as well oh you did and oh my god and oh my god was it not the worst like actually the worst thing you had ever heard i if i could give it lower than a zero i would to be honest like not only is his singing awful the lyrics are Bad. bad very bad and also the message is very bad and you know i i i almost like and this is just this is just me this is just me it's like uh and, and maybe this is just you know part of what's wrong with me as a person but like i almost like want to set aside the incredibly disgusting misogynist views that were in the music and i want to talk about just how terrible it sounds because yeah i'm I'm trying to imagine in what scenario you would willingly listen to that when there is so much better music that's not necessarily overtly anti-Christian out there, you know? Like, I, I yeah. Mean, I, I, I guess if you're super conservative, I guess I can understand not being into Green Day um or if you're an aging libertarian you only listen to like the first green day album before they got too political for you or whatever or weirdly listen to rage against the machine i will never understand that it's very yeah you know <laughs> the, the, you know rage against the machine the christian band no the yeah, no, you know, the, the, yeah. The, the the band the band that so aligns with right-wing values. yeah yeah jesus <laughs> But like, okay, you know, you've got your your Johnny Ramones, your Dave Mustaines, your Meatloafs, your Mike Loves, your Gene Simmonses, yeah, your yeah. aging rock stars that weirdly became conservatives as they got older. You know, yeah. that exists. But still, their music is secular. Like, yeah. I'm trying to imagine, do you only listen to that stuff because you do not have the competition of actually talented artists like yeah uh, like you 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 recently did you watch any of the footage of uh mike warnke doing stand-up no not yet i only i only i i only heard the audio bits from uh last podcast on the left and i really need to watch i mean yeah go ahead no sorry if we could endorse something right now, it would be go listen to the last podcast on the left series on Mike Warren. It's so good. It is really yeah. fascinating in terms of actually, honestly, it's it's really tied into what we're talking about now, but it was more engaging. Yeah. Like in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I was, while I was listening to that, this is just one last thing I want to throw out there mm-hmm. for, on, on this particular thought. Like, while listening and then watching the footage of Mike Warnke and understanding that he was, you know, for a, a good long time, the number one Christian comedian. Yeah, it's crazy. In the 80s, 
when you think about comedians and you think about the way that stand up was revolutionized uh in in you know in those decades but particularly in the 80s you know and what what a sudden open field stand up comedy was yeah um you know and it wasn't like stand up comedy wasn't getting up on stage and telling one liners and you know weird jokes that that kind of go nowhere and just like like suddenly you had Eddie Murphy, you had Robin Williams, you had observational comedians, you had you know these 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 people at the height of their powers like you know really really transforming what it meant to go to a comedy show yeah um you know that made you think that made you laugh that made you you know question things and you're like trying to imagine who on earth would choose to <laughs> watch mike warnke's stand-up over robin williams in the 80s like mm. before he got sober robin williams right. he cannot sit still his brain and his mouth are going a mile a minute with you know just just weird funny stuff just going and going and going and then you've got mike warnke telling like joke book jokes and literally what's the deal about teflon about being a... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what's how up with does... teflon? <laughs> how does teflon work if, right? if, if you nail jello to a wall how long would it stick there and people just laugh and it's like people what? just laugh at him lying about being a satanic cult leader that's the only reason really if we want to be real but this is ultimately my frustration is like when you create this world where you cannot entertain anything in mainstream secular culture, you wind up with really terrible art, if we're being well, honest. Well, yeah, because art builds on art. And if you restrict what art can be, you're going to get bad art. That just makes sense. I mean, it's it's like, it's honestly just a shame. And sa it's sad. Yeah. It's honestly sad. Yeah, and it And is. I think that it that's, is. and like, I, I just... It's kind of like when I found out Calvinists were not into music, like there was no music, or like when I went mm. to um my my dad does a lot of business with like Amish um Amish craftsmen who make like different mm -hmm. products and you know, we've gone I've gone up to Lancaster and talked with them and stuff and always kind of an odd vibe for different right, reasons. Right. But that is kind of part of the whole vibe of like, yeah, there's no music at weddings. I was like, what do you do? Like, what do you, what do you do? What do you, what do you talk? And it's like, listen, I understand. Like, there are religious differences, and I want to be respectful of people's, you know, religion and and yeah. ideas behind it. But like, music is so inherent in us, man. That is so yeah. human. It's They're allowed it's to have harmonicas, human. I think. I man, look, maybe, I think maybe, it comes, cer maybe certain. Sects, that could be Mennonite. I I, that could also be Mennonites. I honestly don't know because like, yeah. the rules there are weird. But essentially, like. Even, like, a friend of mine's, like, relatives, like, I think their grandparents, like, did not let them listen to music. Like, they did not listen to music. Mm. And there was no music in the house because that was, like, part of the yeah. religion. And it's just, like, I mean, maybe that's better than, than listening to some of these awful bands or, like, you know, <laughs> the, the, these, like, stand-up comedians. But just, like, even, like, I just don't get the point. Like, why do you have to find... Mm -hmm. Why does God have to be literally said in a sentence or Jesus or like a lamb or a sheep or whatever mentioned mm -hmm. in a song lyric when like it can be implied or it can just be the music itself? Like I do kind of miss this Baroque attitude about the glorification of Catholicism through art making that goes beyond just like the imagery itself. It's something bigger. And, you know, I, I think that that's like, like, why would I willingly listen to Switchfoot? 
Or like, why am I willingly going to listen to some of these awful country yeah. music bands that aren't even country? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, it's, it's just so it's, weird. It's not, I mean, that's that's the true that's the true shame is the the utter uh like just destruction of mainstream country music. As, yeah, you know, it just is bas- ba- basically like right wing Christian propaganda. And it's just it's, what is it? And it's also just like. It, it's it's bizarre. Like there's nothing there that's fascinating. And like I I now understand why I I never got along with people who like that kind of music. Like just in general. Mm-hmm. Sorry if you do, but like, what are we gra- like? What is here? I don't understand. And and like I I mm-hmm. I used to be un like annoying in high school about music because I was figuring out that mm-hmm. I had very crazy taste and I didn't have like anybody <laughs> to talk to about it. So someone would be like, what kind of music do you listen to? And I'd be like, you know who Aphex Twin is? And meanwhile, a lot of other people <laughs> did. Or like Neutral Milk Hotel. And people were like, oh, I listen mm-hmm. to like Gautier or I like Nicki Minaj. It's interesting how we were both pretentious about music <laughs> in middle school, but just in completely different directions. Honestly, yeah, that makes it's it's true. I hold fast on some of my opinions with it. I mean, like I regret mm. some of the ways I handled my music and like what I was interested yeah. in not. But you know what? I'll say this: it let me avoid a lot of terrible people and a lot of terrible people with bad music taste. Again, I don't yeah. understand how that kind of country music holds any sort of emotional weight to it. I do understand that music yeah, is frequencies and it does, mm-hmm. people may associate it with different things and they might have, mm-hmm. maybe it's through their family or maybe it's through whatever they listen to it and emotionally attached to it. I understand. Yeah. But like, really? Like, you know, like if we could listen yeah. to like Culture Wall or like Johnny Cash or like something mm-hmm. real like Southern Gothic heavy and we're going to question your morality yeah. and then I, and then, that's what we have now we have country music that goes against its own history yeah. of a genre i don't know man it's so i weird. i um no i i definitely i definitely agree and i've you know upon discovering that there is like you know alt country and there are a lot it's a much more uh you know rock and country and folk like there is a much more uh diverse uh you know and interesting group of musicians that do exist uh out there you know aside from like whatever top 40 country is i mean the thing that this ultimately you know kind of reminds Mm. me of especially like with that country music stuff of like you're asking what are you getting out of this you know who is this for like i'm remembering once i was going out with someone who uh probably wasn't a good fit for me but i was uh lonely I feel um, that. No worries. I feel you. And wanted to get kissed. Uh, and, <laughs> you know, and I, uh, I, I went out, I went out with them, went to hang out at their apartment and, um, they put on this movie called, uh, baby's day out. Oh my God. Yeah. That was so profoundly unfunny. Uh, but they were oh. laughing. They had all these memories of it as a kid. And I wanted to like kind of, you know, grant, you know, someone nostalgia for something that's not necessarily of quality. Um, what I did find out later, though, is that that movie is actually very popular outside of the United States because it mostly features a baby and you do not need to speak English to understand what is going on. 
Uh, oh, that makes sense. And the, the person I was dating, who was not from the United States originally, like it just sort of clicked suddenly. It's like, oh, this was kind of just there. Got oh, um, interesting. And I mean, I think that's what you kind of end up with with a lot of that music and a lot of that art that doesn't really peg the needle for anything. It's, I think it's a lot of people that feel like this is what is left for me because my ideologies keep me from interacting with anything else. So you're not going to get mm. a critical or subversive voice there, you know. Right. It's not it's just it's just not going to happen. Right. You're just going to get uh Last Man Standing by Tim Allen essentially, which Ah, uh, yeah. The... What's up with that, man? Why why is that T- so Tim is so good in Toy Story so not good in everything else you know some people some people are possessed by possessed by genius or they have other people writing stuff or (laughs) yeah honestly (laughs) how did how does how do the QAnon people rationalize that one that you know tim allen and tom hanks have worked together but tom hanks is the QAnon uh uh enemy i guess We'll have to find out because I don't even know, but I don't also want to know. Uh, but mm-hmm. again, I think it's if you believe what they believe, you're one of them. But if you don't, you're an uh-huh. enemy. That's kind of the vibe well. I've been getting off it. And just in general, like yeah. if your views, because otherwise, why would Trump be the Messiah in their story? Because that doesn't make any sense. And because he's quite literally I mean, committed most of the crimes. If you, if you, even if you want to believe in like the the traditional values of marriage, it's even weird to hold it's, Trump up as I, a as a figure for that. You know, we, yeah, we don't have time to unpack all. Yeah, of that, no, no. And sense. I mean, we've, we've so we've, much. We we've, we've talked about this enough that uh, Joe, you even gave us your God is everywhere. Um, you know, uh, that uh, you know, I think I think that was an accomplishment that we even got there. <laughs> yeah that's true appreciate it i mean it's it's yeah i mean it because it could this conversation could very well end up in critiquing and talking about like all of these things and QAnon and and the the messianic figure that has now become trump and all of the terrible weird propaganda that's spread across the american flag yeah. and which i mean i also don't get nationalism in general but like now it's even worse and like i'm not alone i think when the american flag feels like a like it's just you know it stands for what it stands for besides freedom now right it's it's like once you understand that true history it's like oh gosh but it, it is like again i i think even with this conversation and what we've been talking about on this tour it's also to sort of avoid the trappings of generalizing mm-hmm. this situation to just yeah. QAnon bad, Trump bad. It's like, you know, yeah, they, of course uh-huh. they are. Conservatism is personally, I believe, not that great of an ideology, but it doesn't mean that it's, it, it, there has to be sort of reasons to explore and, and we can talk mm-hmm. and interrogate why. Because yeah. we could do the same thing, of course, for any other views and just start to sit and explore why certain things don't work and certain ideologies don't yeah. really um yeah they just yeah they just don't push us anywhere they don't push us into a better space they just keep us in our own echo chambers and i think that's worth yeah. questioning and i think it's worth going beyond just sort of the the surface yeah. level that a lot of like liberal conversation mm-hmm. has been based in it was sort of what we saw with 2020 one right or the yeah. election for 2021 which was then just like once he's out it's going to be okay and i think a lot of people i i hope are realizing that these conversations are 
harder. It's not yeah, just... Yeah, we, we, ha- we have to kind of keep having that. And I mean, yeah. I think I'm... I want to think a lot about, you know, the symbols and stuff that I will surround myself with and what I think they mean versus what they might mean to other people. Uh-huh. Um, you know, that's... You know, you you have to kind of decide for yourself at a certain point, and it's not a black and white thing, you know. For sure, yeah. Um, yeah, because like, I mean, honestly, like, I wound up down a hole the other uh, the other night, uh, looking at alternative flags for Florida. Oh no! Um, like, and I'm like trying to imagine a situation where like, like I want to be proud of Florida, but I do not want to be proud of. I do not want to associate myself with, you know the 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 crazy right-wing racist potential of that 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 exists around there and honestly like i even kind of like i was going down i was like i was like i honestly kind of like these flags better because the florida flag is uh you know kind of ugly it's one of those ones where they just stuck the state seal in the middle yeah like but like i'm like looking at all these alternative ones that like they still have the saint andrews cross but now it's got oranges or a sunshine in the middle Mm. and i'm like yeah yeah that's that's a better flag yeah why isn't that the state flag have you looked up uh alternative new jersey flags like you're from jersey but you're alt jersey I don't think I've looked up like the alternative New Jersey like flags. Like what is the New Jersey flag? Is it It's the it justices a... like next to each other with the like state seal and it's on like a yellow banner. I'm state pretty sure. State seal's always a cop out. It's such a bad flag design. I think like the city of Chicago's is like the only cool flag and I stand by that. Um I'm like The looking... the old Maine flag is great. The the like 100 the one they had like 100 years ago or something. It oh looks like yeah, a little camp flag. It's like a little tree. Yeah, I'm into it. I think it's cool. That's that's a good that's a good flag. They really you know had a real glow. Yeah, down they knew the what they were they, doing. They had it planned yeah. out, and then ever and then for some reason we yeah. all just like lost that idea. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm I don't know, man. It's state the whole state flag stuff and symbols are already just kind of weird. And then they just get lazier and lazier depending on what state you are. <laughs> they just get so bizarre, and it's like, oh okay. Yeah. So Mo- Montana's is not great yeah i think we should do what the new what new zealand did and have a flag contest and i know one of those designs was like a kiwi <laughs> shooting lasers and i still think that's the best choice oh ever i uh, i mean I, I don't actually i think i think if we did hold state flag contests that would go so bad so fast now um so i don't know yeah you know what it, i mean like you ugh. you would get you would get a mixed bag of stuff this is why sometimes you need to sit down in art department and yeah. say, yeah. you guys work on this. Yeah, you're, you're you know? in charge. We're not going to take... This is not a democracy anymore. You just take it. It's fine. <laughs> art is not a democracy. It should. I mean, it needs to be, but yeah. It, <laughs> it needs to be, and then sometimes you have to roll back because you get the conservatives in play, and then it becomes a problem. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. Or people wow. that think they're... Wow, wow. trying to restrict voting rights over oh, here. Oh, God. Don't even... I don't, I don't even know how to answer okay, that. Okay, yeah, we we don't we don't even need to, to to get into all that that debacle. Um, but this, I I honestly think this has helped. Th- this conversation, I think, has helped me at least like air things yeah. that I've been that I have been holding inside of myself for too long, and I'm glad I got no, to same. exercise them. No, same here. I think it's a really it's it's been a really fascinating conversation actually, and I think it yeah I same 
in terms of trying to like vocalize this and understand my feelings with it and i think really just start to understand to a certain extent um this has been really great for that so i i share i share your opinion as well and i'm glad to be able to talk about it with you too in terms of really having this exchange through an artistic lens as well as then a Mm-hmm. looking at pop culture through the ages and trying to just sort this out. And and honestly, it's probably going to take yeah. like 50 years for like a really solid book to be written about this time period to like digest it. Cause there's just so much mm-hmm. we didn't even talk about. And I don't even know if we could yeah. necessarily, um, but it is just, it's pretty weird. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, you know, in sort of the, the late period of our careers, we'll, we'll yeah. have a, we'll write a book about about this and 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 finally be able to talk about uh this period of art for sure yeah i think so Mm -hmm. well uh as far as things that uh have to do with our careers right now though joe you have stuff going on i do yeah um yeah so i think uh at this point i want to say the exhibition that i'm a part of with teleportal has ended in new york where it might still be going on but it's available on the website and you can see my work and everybody's work on there at teleportal.gallery uh if you look that up as well as on instagram so please check that out it's a nomadic gallery project that uh myself and a few other residents from the sva artist residency project have been working on and there's just some really great work in there and it's honestly it's been a really good experience to be a part of and I'm really happy to be a part of it. So feel free to check that out. There's another exhibition Mm -hmm. that I'm going to be a part of in Amherst, Massachusetts, but I'm not entirely Mm -hmm. sure when or where that's happening yet. So stay tuned for details. It should be in February. Yeah. I'm excited. It's been a very interesting process being like actually involved in the curatorial decisions as well as like how to set stuff up. So that's been fun. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, besides that, that's pretty much all that's going on in, for me in terms of, like, public news. Uh, how about you, Zan? Mm-hmm. What's going on with you? Uh, let's see. Uh, in February at the Studio Public House in St. Petersburg, uh, Florida, not Russia, um, <laughs> I'm going to be in the show In Bloom. I'm going to be having a brand new painting made specifically for that show going up. It's going to be fun. Nice. Uh, you know, shout out to Studio Public House for showing my work uh, for all these months. That's really cool of you guys. Shout out to Luke. And uh, yeah, I always, always appreciate it. Um, nice, nice. Yeah, I have my uh, master's thesis show coming up in May. Uh, hopefully we'll have more information about that. Yes. Uh, hopefully on the 20th is when they're thinking of having a reception if they have a reception um should be really really fun uh lots of busy stuff on both of our ends you know uh yeah uh joe's you know teaching Mm -hmm. uh, which is so cool again congratulations thank you thank you yeah it's Mm -hmm. it's crazy i mean i literally have like in the middle of like three separate things right now maybe four i guess including the museum Mm -hmm. so it's pretty it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Definitely stuff does not stop after grad school. But no, it's it should be an, an interesting experience for sure, stepping into the professor role. Um, yes, yes. Teach be... the youth. Teach them. I have to teach, teach the youth. The ways. Yeah. Teach, yeah. I got to stand and deliver. At some, at some point, you're going to have a lesson plan that you, you'll, you'll shoehorn in something very personal, I'm sure. 
Uh Uh, but i i cannot wait to hear about uh how you do it well thank you yeah no Mm -hmm. i i will of course be keeping you updated for sure and probably share some Mm -hmm. stories of course but um yeah, I mean, like I said, my plan is to start just dropping hints that I like am aware of of trends happening. <laughs> but it's it's got to be funny. That's just how I am. Uh, Walking up to some poor kid's, uh, you know, assignment, and you're like, mm, "You're coming home with me." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, "What?" what? And you're like, "I like your art." Yeah, it's really good. I could just be. Like, it's really uh, piggy dipping. Huh? Oh, what? (laughs) (laughs) I like the one is. Oh, what are you doing? Oh, it's an art project. All right, Picasso. Yeah, that's my favorite. I love that sound so much. What's the dog doing? What's the dog doing? Oh man, it's. (laughs) Well, uh, to everyone out there, TikTok generation or not, Mm. uh, hope you're (laughs) doing well. Thank you for coming to the Uncanny County Museum. If you would like to find us after hours, we are at Uncanny Museum on Twitter and at Uncanny County Museum on Instagram. If you want to find me after hours, I'm at Xanasaurus on Instagram and at uh, Zanford E. Man on TikTok. And I'm at Josemino Art on Instagram. From the Uncanny County Museum, I have been Sam Peters. And I've been Joe Bye. Bye.